In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We're now at the position room that everyone wants to uh, slag off, talk about whatever wording you want to use, and that is the lack of defensive tackles. <laughs> it's been grim. So we've finished the edge room. You're expecting five edges. You're expecting four defensive tackles. And I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Ian. Right, right, right. I do love me some defensive linemen. Ah, the white smoke still bellowing over from yesterday. We're back here again. Talk about the big boys in the middle or the lack of the big boys in the middle. Yeah, Which I think one works. definitely the lack of. Um, but we've we've got a group and we'll fly through the group before we get on to what happens in the future. So first name up is Taven Bryant. And Taven Bryant's been okay. As a defensive tackle in the NFL, it's kind of just serviceable what he's provided. Do you want to pay four million for serviceable? No, but he he's done a job. Um, if he was next to Aaron Donald rather than Jordan Elliott, you'd probably be sitting there going, "Actually, he's really really good." And I think that's been a big factor of it that it's been made a lot worse by Jordan Elliott starting next to Taven Bryan rather than any one of Dominican Sue, Sheldon Richardson, any of these names. I like Taven Bryan. They sent him to what, a one-year deal? Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they bring him back as they try to build out this this room. So, Jack, I just pulled up, and I know you haven't because this wasn't on our show sheet, so the prep on this is zero for you. Give me the number of defensive linemen, in term, uh, defensive tackles, who have that are rookies. So rookies, defensive tackles, who have played at least a minimum of 20% snaps in the NFL this year. How many? Five, six. I think it's low. 12. 12. How many of those guys have graded above a 60? Three. One. One. Jordan Davis, in 154 snaps, grades out at a 78 for the Eagles. Travis Jones, Perry and Winfrey, Logan Hall, John Ridgeway, Zach Carter, all those guys are below 60. Matt Henningsen, who I don't even know, he's from Denver's a 60.5. So technically it's not above a 60. But yeah, that's so for all the people out there saying to bang the table and spend draft picks on defensive tackles, the the return takes a little bit more than right away. This is this very difficult position to jump in. You're talking about getting in, you know, the the meat grinder, so to say, of the NFL. You're talking the biggest, strongest, baddest men in the NFL right there in the middle of the field, battling it out. And these young guys, I know we Travis Jones, blah, 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 blah. He's not doing all that great for Baltimore right now. Now he couldn't, I'm not saying he's not going to be in good in two, three years, but right now, no instant impact. So when you're talking about turning around a defensive tackle room, don't tell me that we're going to spend all these draft picks on it. Please don't. Yeah. So Kevin Brown, I, I think it's a, it's a good shout. Could you bring him back at say two and a half mil? Um, and you've got plenty of instances where 
teams have signed players and they extend them at cheaper numbers. So I would not rule that out at all as a move. Um, let's go through the rest of the guys on it. Jordan Elliott. I think he's back next year for camp. And I think it's probably stopping then. Um, part of the issue is going to be the proven performance escalator is going to boost his salary by, I want to say off the top of my head, about 1.4 million. And that's something that will lead to him being more on the bubble than he would otherwise, um, because it moves him to around two and a half mil rather than a, hey, this guy is costing 1.2, it's not too bad. So I think that would be a factor um, just to keep an eye on. But John Elliott, any interest in keeping him in next year? At this point, no. I mean, he's a warm body. I I haven't seen enough out of him. I really haven't. He obviously came in third round pick. It's just, and who knows? Maybe it's just his age. Maybe they see something in him that they're just waiting to develop. I don't know. I just haven't seen it. And I mean, if you're talking about maybe like a practice squad, which I don't even think he's eligible for anymore. Okay, maybe. But at this point, like I just, I don't see a starter level play out of him. I mean, you just don't. Yeah. Next up is Tommy Togiai that, hey, we've seen a little bit of improvement in the last two weeks, which it's not a well-beaten performances, but the first four or five weeks of the season, he didn't look like he belonged in the NFL. Um, It was that bad. He, his skill set, obviously in college was power. And again, we're talking about trying to roll into the NFL where you're getting in there and the big boys of the league. I mean, this is a guy who I think he's now just turned 23. I think he just recently turned 23. So we're second year in, he's 23 years old. He's still holding out at around 300 pounds, but to your credit, he had a dip there. That Steelers Atlanta game, especially the Atlanta game. It just, it did not serve well for him. But since then, between the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens, which was his best game, and now into the Bengals, it's at least become, I want to say salvageable, but he's become at least playable, right? We're at a level of, you know, in in PFF, they basically start at 60 and go up and down from there. He's holding at around about the Mason, you know, the the Mendoza line. No, no huge plays but at this point you got to have somebody in the room and these are young guys at 23 you're just hoping this is a guy that can just develop into something i don't really have any issues with bringing him back that's not my buckeye homerism i'm just at least i've seen something from him and then next up we've got perry and winfrey which is confusing um to say the least because we've seen moments in his play not so much in the Chargers and new england game but everything else He's been solid. Um, there was two bad games, which were interestingly the two games he played the most snaps. So it's one where he's obviously not ready to be a starter um, or a fringe starter, but he is looking okay as a rotational player when he's used that way. But his issue is, can he even be active or can he even he, can he last be trusted? Roster? He can't be trusted. I mean, and for all the people out there, I mean, it's pretty widely known that he has trouble waking up on time, being a grown up, showing up to a grown up's work. I mean, listen, you're right, Jack. When the guy gets out there, he isn't terrible. He isn't great. I mean, I think what does he have? Two total pressures on the year. So take that for what it is. Uh, No sacks, a hit in a hurry. But could you, is he another piece at 22 years old that you'd want to say, okay, maybe let's sit back and watch him develop a little bit. Sure. But he has to commit to the team 
and actually be a part of the team and stop barking and start getting up on time. You know, I don't know if he needs to get, you know, his mom to come live with him or, you know, he needs to find a nice wife that is going to help him along the way. But at this point, if you can't be trusted, you're not going to be available. And so I think that's where we stand. Of We've got two guys that could potentially be rotation. We could bring Tave and Brian back to be um, one of the two starters. I think that's the point where you need to free agency is where you fix this. As you touched on the draft, isn't the, the solution here. It's free agency. And if you get Tave, I've sort of got in my mind, 8 million is what I could sort of set aside for two signed defensive tackles. If I get Taven down to say two and a half, three, say it's three he takes, five million, I can go get somebody. And I'm not looking to get somebody who's great. I'm looking to get someone who can give me a like 65 PFF grade across the season. I'm happy with that. If I get Taven Bryan and X name free agent, and they give me a 65 each at the end of the season or a 66, boom, happy days. That's what I want to achieve for a defensive tackle room. I'm not wanting to invest first and second round picks 15 to 20 million to try and push this to hey let's get over 70 just give me serviceable and the idea behind the 60 grade right so for those aren't out there with the familiar of the pff we're talking about in terms of all of the peers in the league we basically want him to get a c we want him to be right at that c average you're not an a student you're not a b student you're a c so when the play's there make it when the play's not there just do whatever your job is on that play, whether it's fill a gap, whether it's take on a block, the absolute basics of just playing the position, right? So everybody in the NFL should play to say that C level, your superstars play to B's and A's and A pluses. The guys that aren't in the league long play to D's and F's. That's kind of the idea behind giving it a numerical grade is we just want this guy to be in the mid tier of all of his peers. You know, he's not the worst. He ain't the best. He ain't Aaron Donald. He isn't Jimmy Bufutzlik, right? That's kind of the idea there. Yeah, and I think if you bring in another free agent and return, um, Brian, then I don't think you go into the draft. Um, I just can't see them using a draft pick there because if you add a draft pick, well, hey, you've got to cut then one of Togo, one of Winfrey. And it could be the case that Winfrey's gone um, because he's lost it in his head and he's done something stupid in the offseason. That could be why they go into the draft. Um, but if they feel confident enough in Winfrey and Togiai, they can bring Jordan Elliott back for camp. You have Taven Bryan. You have a free agent around five mil. You've then got five guys. You have four of them at the end of uh, camp. Effectively, the two free agent-y types, uh, the starters are locked in. And then let everyone else battle. I think that's a really, really nice position. Put yourself in a spot that, hey, if you're shorter on the edge room because someone gets injured say your second round pick that you use needs to spend six weeks on ir to begin the season hey now we can carry five dts and we'll decide after week six which one we're going to uh, get rid of i think the brown strategy for this position group to to build off of your i want to spend eight million dollars on two guys right so they're not going to be miles garrett they're going to be jadavian Clowney. they're not going to be you know these guys but what we're looking for is two vets, you know, to use an idea of Taven Bryant or Tim Settles or right guys that have been in the league that have proven they can be that C average that we need. So let's get two of these guys in there that do their job. And then as we use day two, day three, right? And we're talking late day two picks, day three picks, they come in, 
They develop their strength. They understand the functionality. You know, a lot of playing defensive tackle in the league is about understanding angles and, you know, leverage and how to get on this side of the block. So if you're playing behind guys that aren't superstars, you know, it's very difficult to play behind Aaron Donald because the drop-off from him to Jimmy Bufutzlik is so magnificently large because, you know, offensive lines have to stunt and they have to make sure that they understand they have slide protections to account for Aaron Donald. So when his backup comes in, they're like, oh, well, this is pretty easy. Well, if I have a constant dose of just guys that are coming in that are doing their job, that are just familiar with the thing, you know, their role, that's how you can have extended success. That's when you look at like a team like Buffalo and you start getting these guys like Jordan Phillips and these guys that come in and you're like, wow, they're just really able to succeed at that standard level. Well, it's because all of their guys play to that level, regardless if they were a third round pick, fourth round pick, they come in, they learn from these veterans, much like we talked about yesterday in the edge room, how to be pros. Yeah. And I, I think that says something nicely for let's have plenty of competition and let people battle to make the roster this year. So I think that's a really nice wrap up on defensive tackle room. And hey, tomorrow we slide into the linebackers and um, similar, similar conversations there. Yeah. I, I think long term, the Browns would love to have running back, defensive tackle and linebackers as these spots where they just keep drafting guys in sort of rounds three to five. And they don't spend any money because it's the next man up every year and you cycle through. Will it ever get there? No, but you then just supplement with reasonably cheap free agents to plug when sort of that third, fourth round pick isn't ready in year three to start. Sounds like a pretty stout strategy. We just got to hope that they can one day get to that offensive line strategy. We're just plugging guys in and moving them right along. And if you need an example of that, look at Buffalo, look at Philly. Look at these guys. They just bring them in, and then the vets want to come there. We talked about how in the interior offensive line room, if those guys just want to come in and revive their careers, we need to get them to the team. As always, go Browns. Go Browns.